if we're talking about getting you an edge, this is a way to get an edge on some of your league yeah. mates because your league mates are probably going to come in and think mostly about veterans and maybe rookies, but not so much the second-year guy. Hey, I hope it works out <laughs> for Trubisky, him. wonderful story, all this hey. stuff. I don't care. Yeah, I don't Nick care. Foles, baby. Yeah, Big dick go. Nick. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're back. Let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, May 13th, and you're listening to episode 99 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Game Time Hicks and me, Big Travi. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at the Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely get over to the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We've got articles, our latest episodes, as well as a bunch of brand new fresh swag that we're really excited about. And always, you can support us by going over to Patreon.com and searching the Fantasy Whispers, and you can gain access to a ton of bonus content over there by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. Johnny, we are, we are here, buddy. We yeah. Are, oh, man, I am so excited for this show. Episode 99, Travis, one shy of 100. We will be doing some big things for that episode 100 so make sure you stay tuned for that but first we got to get episode 99 out of the way travis before we get to episode 100 yeah episode 100 man that's that's even wild to think about but 99 is a big one man well i want to say dude like i've been putting the zero in front of the numbers for so long i thought we'd never get to 100 but now it's going to feel nice to to change that zero column to a one and build on this show. Yeah, I remember one episode one. I for, I, so, I yeah. try to forget that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, not your best, not your best, <laughs> not our best, I should say. Oh well, you know, I'm always on. You know, <laughs> always hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so episode ninety nine has to come before one hundred, and that is today's episode. We wanted to talk a little bit about, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the topics that are a little bit popular gaining some traction on reddit but also end the episode today with some sophomore talk we've talked about the rookies we've told you what the rookies uh that you know which ones you want to look at which ones could be fantasy relevant but a lot of times what happens is you forget about the guys that were rookies last year so those guys are coming back they're going to have another year under their belt maybe they're going to be healthier maybe they're going to be in a better system Maybe they're just going to be the same and not produce, uh, you know, to the level. We wanted to talk through some of those guys, some of the guys that are piquing our interest. So I'm really excited about that today, Johnny. Here, well, but the, first, ex- the excited. Sorry, Travis, to cut you off. Oh, a little bit dude, here, dude, no, I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit here. The, what's really nice about doing this. Um, a lot of times we don't do this as a fantasy community. And so it's it's we talked about all the rookies and, and all of that stuff. And we get excited and that's great. But. Now is a chance to see what these uh, rookies going into their second year, what they did in their rookie year. So you can kind of get a a real gauge at what these rookies can produce, because when you're looking at it, you know, and you're going through it and you're doing the statue, you're like, oh, these guys are going to be the greatest player ever. Uh, And then and then at the end of the year, you're disappointed. This gives you a good barometer of or barometer. I don't know how you say that either way. Barometer, I uh, think, is correct. I, yeah. I think that is right. Um, but yeah. this gives you a good barometer to see exactly what outcomes are possible from the rookies you either draft this year in your startup or in your rookie draft. So uh, really and I think If we're talking about getting you an edge, this is a way to get an edge on some of your league yeah. mates because your league mates are probably going to come in and think mostly about veterans and maybe rookies, but not so much the second-year guy who maybe only had a few snaps because of a guy got injured ahead of him or whatever, whatever the reason is, um, he's not in the spotlight. So hopefully this episode helps you guys. We're excited to do it. Uh, and as always, if you're listening to us right now, thank you. Leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us. If you are listening and not enjoying the video, go on over to YouTube. We splice these episodes up and give you nice bite-sized content for you there. Um, so like and subscribe over on YouTube. It would help us out tremendously. And as always, get over to the fantasywhispers.com. Check out some of our uh, swag over there. We'd love you for it. 
All right. So jumping into some of these topics, Johnny, from Reddit, uh, the first one is about our guy, Julian Edelman. Okay, so Julian Edelman watches as everybody he knows and loves leaves town. Uh, <laughs> I love the meme, know, the the SpongeBob meme. It's just yeah, the greatest one ever. If you could throw that one up here, I'll throw, dude, it, that, up. I'll throw yeah. it up on here. So uh, Julian Edelman now is just sitting there alone in his house in New England, going, "Where is my Tom Brady?" It must be what honestly, it must be what Chelsea. Lee Byers feels right now watching us record the show every single week. It's definitely got to be like yeah. that. So hopefully oh, we'll have man. her back on the show soon. I know a lot of people yes. are asking. Uh, it's just the quarantine. It's a little difficult to get her on the show right now, but she will be back. But yeah, no, very much so. Julian Edelman, um, very sad. He being undervalued right now is the ask. Reddit was really fired up about this. Is he being undervalued in rankings? And so, Johnny, I'll kind of let you touch on this. For me personally, I don't know that he is being undervalued because, look, you've got to discount the fact that we've we don't have much tape on Stidham and we don't really know what Stidham's all about within this offense. Um, And I'm not so sure that they want to give the keys over to that guy. So, Johnny, talk me through what your thoughts are, your outlook on Julian Edelman this year. I do think they do want to hand the keys <laughs> over to Stidham. Um, but the, the the difference is, is we don't know exactly how good he is, right? Like Bill Belichick's raves about him. But like we know Bill Belichick kind of has a way with these quarterbacks that like he can kind of make anything work. I mean, we saw Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he turned into a decent quarterback. But I mean, we we saw him really game scheme uh, and game plan around what he could do. Uh, Jimmy G was completely different. If you remember a few years ago when Tom was uh, injured during those, or I mean, suspended for the first four games. They started off with Jimmy G. That was one game plan. And then Jimmy G went down because I believe he either had a broken collarbone or something like that. Um, so he missed the other games. And so Jacoby had to come in, which was a completely different quarterback and, and scheme, but he was able to do it. That is my concern with Julian Edelman. Do I think his, his value is being undervalued? I think his entire career, he's kind of been undervalued for the value that he brings. Um, I mean, just last year when we were doing our dynasty startup, Julian Edelman went in like the 10th round because he was like a later, uh, you know, wide receiver, older wide receiver and Tom Brady getting older and all of the, all of these things. But we just did a mock draft on Monday of a dynasty startup. And again, Julian Edelman was going right around the same place. So has his value really changed? I don't think it has. Uh, maybe in redraft leagues, um, you know, he's gone down quite a few rounds, but rightfully so. There's a question marks there. Is he a yeah. good, talented wide receiver? Of course. Are there a lot of weapons there in New England? Uh, no, there aren't. But there are ones that you think can emerge. You know, Nikhil Harry, you you know, are they going to re- rely on the run game a little bit more? There's just a lot of questions for me. There's definitely a lot of questions, but I do like what you said here. And you talk about him, you know, being a staple Uh, For this offense, actually, the one sure thing you could probably look at and go like, oh, I know this guy will be there. And I think that's important to talk about for Stidham. If Stidham is going to be a young, he is a young quarterback and they're going to work him into the system. What better friend to have than Julian Edelman over the middle as a safety blanket? Right now, you're watching Edelman on ESPN.com's rankings. They've got him at uh, uh, the PPR rankings. They've got him at number 30. Okay, sandwiched in between Debo Samuel and Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. So right in that range, so similar all to fantasy, guys, you're going to finish him last. Yeah, no. And, and I and I agree. But I just think like you're talking about a guy. Maybe he's not wide receiver one value for sure, but like this guy could easily creep into wide receiver two if if he stays on oh, the yeah. field and, and Stidham just finds him. 100% he's a great flex option at the end of the day. So, yeah. you know, so I think he... if he stays, if he stays, so end of the day, if he stays right about where he is, you're okay snoop, swooping him up there. I think obviously, like Johnny said, you want to get guys ahead of him. Like Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Michael Gallup. These guys are, you know, maybe not. Maybe Michael not Gallup, Tyler Boyd. And, um, I, I would, I would probably take Tyler Boyd uh, above. I mean, if you look at the work that, uh, that Burrow was able to do with a guy like Justin Jefferson, you know, a slot guy possession receiver is going to be really, really useful for Burrow. So just, I'm excited about Boyd. It's a whole yeah, question of there are a lot of weapons in Cincinnati, but there are some there are some fun ones behind him. That's why I'm I'm a little bit questionable. Like if you uh, look at 30, 31 on, 
uh, with like fantasy pros rankings that I'm looking at. Will yeah. Fuller, Marquise Brown, Christian Kirk. Like there are some really fun guys that you're looking at. And like, are yeah, you going to yeah. go home? Are you going to go home and be happy with Julian Edelman over Marquise Brown when you watch Marquise Brown ripping off 60-yard touchdowns every week with Lamar Jackson? Right. No, Probably not, not. Not, no. But so Edelman is more of the, if you need a just a solid piece, then... It's really yeah. about roster construction, right? Did you take a lot of chances up at the beginning of your roster? Do you need somebody to plug that hole as a consistent guy? Yeah, I understand why you would take Edelman. Yep. All right. So... Second question from Reddit. I love these, man. These, these, these get so me great. fired up here. Yeah. So does anyone else believe that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans will have a worse fantasy season this year? And this was something uh, we talked a little bit about uh, when we were talking about Brady just getting signed. Um, so, Johnny, why don't you chime in here on your thoughts on Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, this new system, obviously uh, Tom Brady replacing Jameis Winston. Yes, 100%. This should be talked about more, and I'm surprised it's not. Listen, I totally get it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's the greatest that has ever played at the quarterback position. If you want to at me, go ahead. I'm not saying any shocking news, <laughs> I don't think, to anybody. But here's the thing. Father time is undefeated. No matter what we want to say, no matter how much we want to joke. I just, I need to preface that. I need to preface that because two years ago, we did say Johnny said the same thing about Tom Brady. Hey, and I, a hundred percent, but now eventually you will be right. Eventually. (laughs) Yes. And I will keep doubling down each time. Uh, It's kind of like, uh, what's the, um, the great short, right? Dude just kept doubling down. Big short. Yeah. Yeah. The big short. Like, it's going to happen. We know that this right. is going to happen. It's just a matter of being when, uh, if not when, or sorry, it's a matter of when, not if. And right. so uh, for me, it could happen this year. There is a big reality. And, you know, although I'm not putting a lot and a ton of weight in saying that they're going to all of a sudden go from being top fantasy options to being bottom of the barrel, I don't think the cliff will be that steep. But, yeah, there is some concern that Tom Brady is not going to be able to get the ball down the field. Now, with that being said, I think this affects Mike Evans more than Chris Godwin because Chris Godwin uh, operates more around the line of scrimmage. She's getting the the more over-the-middle dump-offs, which is fine for Tom Brady. I don't, that, that part doesn't drop off that much. It's not the dink and the dunk part that drops off. It's the long bombs. We saw this with, with I mean, even New- Mr. Noodle Arm, uh, Peyton Manning, when he was right. when he went down, it wasn't the short passes that were the problem. It was the long bombs that turned into the long ducks. That was the yeah. issue. So, well, you look at like last year, Jameis Winston is the league leader in yards, and I don't think that we. I would be very shocked if we came into the this year and and saw Tom Brady lead the league in yardage. I understand the system that Bruce Arians wants to run. But Brady's arm is not what it was. Uh, you can, we can argue this till the cows come home, but I'm telling you, I watched, I watched him last year. He, he's not the same. I know there was wide receiver help that he needed, but he's not the same. But if you're looking at this team or these two guys, Chris Godwin was wide receiver two in PPR formats with you know Mike Evans being wide receiver 16 in PPR formats. So like Johnny said, it was already going to be kind of an uphill battle for Mike Evans because he was already – kind of usurped, I believe, in a lot of ways by Chris Godwin. Just the the overall skill and the and the way that Godwin can play all over the field as Johnny attested to. I think that you're looking at a situation where you got if you're going to invest in one of these guys, invest with in Godwin, unless Mike Evans starts to slip in ADP, then you're looking at a situation where Evans could be some value. But Evans is not, in my mind, the wide receiver one that he used to be, especially he doesn't have that upside without Jameis Winston peppering him, dude. Uh, even though he's he stopped doing that at the end of last year. Tom Brady threw for four thousand fifty-seven yards last year, which was seventh best in the league. That is insane. Wow. I so, uh, all right. Maybe he will lead the league. Yeah, maybe he will lead the league. Maybe I'm. Maybe, uh, but I, I mean that. I don't know. I I think I just have to feel that. Uh, I don't know. I I. I'm having a hard time believing that Brady's going to come in and replicate what Winston did as far as, and the other thing is efficiency, right, Johnny? Like if this offense is more efficient under Brady, which it, it will tend to be, you know, you're not yeah. going to turn the ball over as many times. Uh, they may not need much. to. Yeah. They're not going to be in as many shootouts. I would imagine. So 
that that's some food for thought on those two as you get ready for your drafts. I be thinking about what be... Brady means. Yes, Brady's exciting on paper, but like, what does it actually mean? What does it all mean, Basil? What does it all mean, Basil? I would rather be a year too early or two years or three years too early than to be <laughs> a year too late. So I'll just yeah. leave it at that. In 10 years, we're going to be like, years. Father Time is undefeated. Tom Brady will retire. It's going to happen. Hey, it's going to be like 20, 2030. <laughs> it's going to be the 10th year of quarantine and Tom Brady's still playing. <laughs> and he's still in there. Uh, all right. So the last topic from Reddit we wanted to dive into today is CMC. Look, everybody loves CMC. They started loving him even more last year when he took his shirt off and he was flexing those biceps. But then he went out and had maybe the most dominant fantasy football season ever. Uh, and he is coming into this season as a, you know, darling. And, and why not? He's the unanimous number one for a lot of people. Uh, and, and he should be. But the, it begs the question, Johnny, is CMC tradable in fantasy football? And this is obviously more geared towards a dynasty approach. But there is some redraft talk here. Like if you get into a situation where you have a lot of injury and you need to parse out your best player for, for other players, is CMC tradable, Johnny? Um, originally, I did not think so because of the amount of production that he gives you in one position is so great. He is like two, sometimes three positions in one. Um, so that's why I'm like, I don't see a situation in which you would want to trade a fantasy asset like that. Now, there are some things, you know, you're getting into deep analytical um, stuff with, with some some stuff with CMC as far as rushers go, uh, you know, with the, the amount of wear on his legs, all of these things. But I still think that he has a few more years. Um, usually the, the running back peak age is around 24. Um, and so let's see. I'm gonna, I'll pull up where exactly how old um, CMC is. Um, I don't think he's he's 23. He's 23 he's years 23. old. So. Um, the peak age, like I said, 24. So he's still got a year left before that. So quote unquote peak age and um, for fantasy or for football. Um, but I still think that this guy is such an athlete that he can produce beyond that. Now, I love what you said. If you I think that if you need pieces, if you are in a stage where you're rebuilding, then uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, you getting two to three pieces plus a very, very good guys. Now, don't just go and sell him for whatever, because I'm telling you, yeah, he's he's tradable. Make the right moves for your dynasty but and get the most out of, you know, Christian McCaffrey because he is such a valuable asset to have. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't be necessarily looking to trade CMC right now uh, because he is such a game changer. Like I said, even if you don't have a very good team, CMC can yeah. make up for that significantly. Uh, very similar to how Patrick Mahomes can can overshadow a terrible fantasy team because he could put it on your on his back because that's how skilled he is at that position. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, you see my my headband here. If you guys yeah, are watching the that. video, you if see Patrick I'm, I'm rocking. Sponsor you is, is yeah, it, dude. You don't not told don't me worry about, about this it, yet? dude. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Unbelievable. I just I need to let you know I'm going solo, doing oh. a solo album. All right. Well, um, no, I I love your point here, Johnny, and I think the 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 biggest point here that Whisper Nation should hold on to is the fact that you need to be fluid in fantasy. Mm -hmm. You need to be ready to adapt at any time. And the, and the big reason is because things change really effing fast. Like, we are just a couple years away. Uh, We're or, recording or, this um, show right now, and it's already <laughs> old. Old data. <laughs> Exactly. No, we're just a couple years away from watching Todd Gurley fall off, from watching David Johnson fall off. These guys that we thought were on top of the mountain and never going to come down, uh, they eventually did fall off. This is a violent, crazy position that they play. It, it gets beat the hell up. It's like a, a miniature car wreck every time they, they get tackled. So I think that's the thing to remember here. And as Johnny said, wearing tear on his tires at Stanford. He ran as a bell cow pretty much at Stanford for his years there, too. So I think that's um, I think that's the big takeaway here is that you, you need to be ready to trade. Should you go out and seek the trade? No, but you should listen to offers on CMC for sure. I mean, very, right. very good point on like the run. Just looking at the running backs. This is just this is just two years ago, Travis, two years ago at the running back position. Um, 
rankings. Todd Gurley, number one. Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Leonard Fournette, and CMC. Yeah. So, uh, like, out of that list of 10, there's only a few Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are pretty much the only two guys, and maybe Leonard Fournette, that you would still take within that top 10. That's I mean, that's that's the thing. It's a cycle. And like last year, you're taking James Conner within the top 10. Now he's fall, fallen multiple rounds. I think it's just the way this thing works and the way the position is. And so just be ready to be fluid and don't marry a certain player just because he's on your roster, just because you have a little bit of a fantasy man crush on him. All right. So let's jump into the sophomore outlooks here. We've got a couple quarterbacks and a few running backs to go over today. Next week, we may try and, and get you some more here, but we wanted to talk about these guys for sure. Johnny, we're going to start off with Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Daniel Jones of the New York football giants. Look, Daniel Jones had his ups and downs last year. He was he had a couple games where he had multiple touchdowns, like four touchdown games, Dude, and he looked yeah, he looked fierce. People he were just looked static. Yeah, and you and rightfully so. The dude was dropping literally dimes. Uh instantly. Um, so big big fan of what Daniel Jimes or Daniel Daniel Jones put on tape last year. Um, Johnny, what are you seeing from Daniel Jones? What's your outlook and your you know your your gauge on him this year? Uh I you know, you look at what Daniel Jones did on a per game basis, sixteen point two fantasy points per game, which ranked uh dead the Sixteen, number sixteen overall. So he he's right in the middle, middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. I do like the fact that they you know address that offensive line because he had a, a lot of pressures. And if you're looking at his per, uh, completed per, uh, pressure completed percentage, it is pretty bad. Thirty eight point nine percent when he is pressured. So uh, they want to get him a little bit more time. There are a couple things I am concerned about uh, with Daniel Jones. He did have 24 touchdowns, which is pretty nice, um, similar to, or he had more than and Kyler Murray. Uh, but the, ni- the nice part about it is that he's coming into his second year. He should have a better grasp on the NFL. It does suck that he's getting a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach because he has to learn a new playbook. However, you're looking at the wide receiver weapons he has. They're they're pretty good. Um, but my my main my main focus for Daniel Jones and and him really taking that next step and becoming a true fantasy asset that you can more rely on a stream from a week to week option would be his his turnover danger plays. He had 51 danger plays, which is number two uh, amongst. Not of, yeah, not something you want to be number two in. No, not at all. So danger plays are just basically where you put uh, your team at the risk of turning over the ball. Uh, so that's how that is gauged. Uh, but he did have some nice, you know, Dan, talk about Danny Dimes. He had 18 money throws, uh, which was ranked or good for 12th in the league. So there he was great on play action too. Like you look at his play action completion percentage, 69.4. That was number nine in the league. So I think Johnny, a lot of what you're saying here goes in line with what's, what's going to be this new offense. And they brought in Jason Garrett, right? And this is as the offensive coordinator, if you know about Jason Garrett, it's run, 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 clap, clap, clap. Like that's (laughs) what this guy does um, on the field. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I've been doing some reading. You look at what uh, judge has said, the head coach has said about what Jason Garrett's going to do as offensive coordinator. And he said, look, it's going to be like what he did in Dallas. So now you got to look at what happened in Dallas. And Dak did have some very good good years under Jason Garrett as a play caller in Dallas. And he did have a similar setup, really strong running back uh, weapons at tight end wide receiver. Run. Doesn't yeah. necessarily like to, but can Danny dimes had yeah. 45 carries uh, last year for two. So I think we could yards. see a situation, you know, you look at some of his stats are right in the middle. You look at some of what he's capable to do. If he, we're probably a year away more, more realistically from Danny dimes being a, a, a quarterback you could use. I think he's streamable in, in, in games this year, and I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he snuck into the top 12. If he was a QB1 by the end of the year, I wouldn't be completely surprised by it at the 11-12 range. Um, well, but I, think we're, a, I think we're a year upside. away. Yeah, he has the yeah. rushing upside to get him into the top 12, so I would agree with that. All right. Well, now we're going to talk about Johnny's heartthrob, 
I should have worn my jersey today. I thought about yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I, I didn't know why you wouldn't. So, I, I, but Johnny and the rest of the Red Sea out there in Phoenix are just infatuated with their guy, Kyler Murray. And why not? Dude won offensive uh, rookie of the year last year. The guy is a complete stud. Um, not not very tall, but it didn't matter because Johnny, tell the people about how good Kyler Murray was last year. Because I I still feel like some people aren't really realizing it. No, I this is what's so great too, and I um this was like a perfect segue, and it was on complete accident. So I'll let Whisper Nation know that. But uh, the number one thing about Kyler Murray, everyone was talking about his durability, right? Coming in, oh, he's a short quarterback. Is he going to be able? That offensive line is terrible. He's going to take a lot of sacks. He played 100% of the snaps last year, which was the number one of over all, all quarterbacks. All quarterbacks, all yeah. All quarterbacks. So there is no worries there. Uh, they did bolster up that offensive line. This, uh, you know, Their offensive line is a lot better than most people give them credit for. Um, you know, pro football focus is starting to put out those numbers and, and Arizona is, is higher than a lot of people think that their offensive line would be ranked. They also got a major steal in the draft, an offensive lineman that should have went in the first round, fell all the way to the third round. So should give Kyler Murray a little bit more pass protection, but here's very, very interesting, right? So Kyler Murray, we all know what he did last year and how he finished. He was a uh, fantasy Quarterback seven. He had uh, on average, uh, if you took on his points per game average, he had seventeen point five points per game on a on a week to week. Here's where things are going to improve, and why Kyler Murray is going to be such a fascinating uh, quarterback this year. You look at his supporting cast efficiency, negative 1.9. Uh, they were so bad. Uh, they couldn't catch balls. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins, bring in the be- the second best um, non-quarterback impact player that you can go out and get in the NFL, and that was DeAndre Hopkins. Bring him in. Um, Kyler Murray, 93 carries for, for 544 uh, rushing yards. I watched a lot of tape and a lot of interviews with uh, with Cliff Kingsbury, and he talked about there was a big um, part of Kyler Murray's game where he was a little nervous to break off runs. He could do it in the play action, but he wasn't always reading whether or not he should hand off the ball or keep it. And um, Cliff Kingsbury said there will be a lot more options in the second year for Kyler to do that, and he should have enough confidence now to pull it and run. So he should get a lot more rushing yards this year. I love Kyler Murray coming in. I've already said it once. I'll repeat it here on the show because if you haven't followed us on Twitter, at TF Whispers, you might have missed this, but I I put it out. Kyler Murray will be the number one fantasy quarterback this year in fantasy. Put it in your books. Write it next to your notes. I mean, look, I I have little I can say to argue that that take. Yeah, so don't and even the, try. And the reason I won't. Uh, the reason is, is because Kyler Murray has everything you want. He's got uh, elite accuracy. He's got throw on the run capability. He's got the running capability. Um, he's playing in an offense that is now stacked. Um, they did need help on the offensive line, and we will need to see if that line can gel. That's a, that's a huge point. But I, I would imagine when they got a first-round talent at the lineman position in the second round, they're feeling pretty good about what that can bring to the table. And we've seen where one lineman – can change an entire line. So I, I think that there is hope in Arizona that this can get to the next level. And this team throws a ton, Johnny. Like, that is the Cliff Kingsbury way. Mm-hmm. They throw to their running backs. They throw to their wide receivers. And what better for Kyler Murray than to bring DeAndre Hopkins over um, and watch this offense who drafted four or five wide receivers last year who not all got on the field because of right. just injuries and other things. Let's remember you, Hakeem Butler, who is who is a Andy really Isabella. Heavy, Andy Isabella, like there are there are playmakers. Yeah, so I just think that the offense is stacked. Murray's stacked as far as talents wise. You've got a guy that's uh, in Kingsbury that's like throw the defense out the window. I don't care. Let's <laughs> throw the ball. This is all marrying up for a perfect situation in fantasy football. So yeah, I think similar to what Johnny said, especially if the ADP like right now he's in the fifth round. It's it's bonkers to me. I think that eventually raises because you look at like fantasy pros and ESPN's rankings and they've got Murray right behind the big two uh, in a lot of ways. So I think that's the thing to remember here. If if you can get him. 
in those middle rounds, you need to snatch him up. You may have to go around early on Kyler Murray, and that's and and it's okay because Kyler Murray is probably this year's Lamar Jackson, last year's Patrick Mahomes, and and et cetera. So, so like probably I think, about it, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely the guy that's set up to do it. Yeah. All right. So maybe not as exciting, but definitely an exciting prospect going forward is Drew Locke, Johnny. And I didn't think we'd be talking that much about Drew Locke coming into this offseason. But honestly, Denver has doubled down on getting him weapons from Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, uh, and they drafted that other guy, too. I'm, I'm blanking on KJ his name. K.J. Hamler. Yeah, K.J. Yeah. Hamler out of Penn State. So I think there are some guys here that, that they have added um, to an already kind of pretty good young offense. You look at Cortland Sutton, you look at Philip Lindsay, even Royce Freeman. Uh, some of these guys that have our, uh, Noah Fant, who was added last year, they've got pieces they added over another there. Tight end. Like they legit had a fantasy draft. That's what, yeah. that's what, uh, El- Elway's over there. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit about Drew Locke, what you liked and didn't like out of his game last year. I know last year when we were doing our rookie episode, Drew Locke was my favorite talent at the quarterback position coming out of college just because his live arm, I knew that he was really raw and like he was going to have to do some work, but he, and he did remind me a lot of Jake Cutler in his, in his demeanor, but Drew Locke came in and, and did some things last year, Johnny. Yeah. I mean, Drew Locke to me is a guy that I was pretty excited about even before they added all these pieces. I thought what I saw of him on tape last year uh, was very, very intriguing. I, I do think that he has a future in this league unfortunately now for him and and kind of fortunately um he definitely has to prove it now like they all yeah. the pieces are there there's no excuses there's there's nothing um there aren't a ton of stats you know to show how great he is right he didn't play a full full season uh he got injured for the majority of it was on IR but you're looking at the very few games that he did play in um you know he had over a thousand passing yards um he had you know he only had seven danger plays, which is, is a pretty low amount. So he's taking care of the ball. He did have 18 carries. Uh, so 3.6 carries per game on average. You you really like that, including two red zone carries. So I think that uh, Drew Locke is going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to be hyped on. You're going to hear a lot of stories, and rightfully so, because why not? He's got all these pieces. They really look to be going all in, as you said. And um, so Drew Locke should be able to be fantasy relevant, at least on a on a week to week streamable basis. I don't know if I would go all in and say, yeah, he's your every week starter. Um, But I definitely see in two to three years, the projection is there for Drew Locke to be a solid foundation piece in fantasy. Yeah, you're looking at a guy that maybe ends up and I think Joe Burrow is a similar situation where you're going to have guys three, four years down the line. First of all, I think the league is in great hands. Yeah, I think we've got some really I mean, we talked about Kyler Murray. We're going to talk about a couple uh, more players that are involved. But we talked about Daniel Jones. Like, I think the league is in good hands as far as quarterback is concerned and, and, and players are concerned. But you could be looking at a guy like Drew Locke three, four years down the line. Who's the Matt Ryan? who, you know, the Matt Ryan of this league yep. now where you get him later and he just great provides job. you great value. You you stack all these players. And I think, you know, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Joe Burrow, these guys could end up being like that for you. They're not going to be the Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kyler Murray earth scorchers, but, you know, they're going to be guys that are definitely on a lot of championship rosters for mm-hmm. sure. So um, I think that is... I think Drew Locke's exciting. Uh, fan, uh, Whisper Nation should take a look at him and, and keep him on their radar. He should easily now, pass for like 4,000 yards. Yeah, I just don't see a situation where they're not. I don't think. I mean, their defense is good. They still got some pieces, but mm-hmm. it's not what it used to be. So right. I think they will be in games where they're going to have to throw. And I think, yeah, he's going to. They're, they're giving him all the weapons. He's just got to show up now. Yep. Okay. So moving on to the running backs, we're going to talk about a guy that was basically a stud. He was the maybe the only pick the Raiders got right. Uh, Josh Jacobs, drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders, drafted by the Oakland Raiders last year, the now Las Vegas Raiders this year. So he had a pretty great season, Johnny. Like this guy, if you had him on your roster, you were super happy with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, he came through in a big way. He really rose up draft boards, uh, especially in redraft leagues uh, towards the end of the summer when people really started believing 
that they were going to use him as a bell cow running back. The big question coming into the year was, hey, this guy has never really truly you know, taken the full load in college. Uh, let's remember he was in a timeshare in college. And so that was the big question mark coming out of Alabama was, can he really carry the load? A couple of interesting things I do want to note for Wisconsin, the fact that he did not get a ton of receiving work last year is a little baffling to me. He only had 28 targets, um, which was 46 for running backs, which is insane because when he was coming out of college, that was what he was known the best for was the pass catching. And that's why we were. Yeah, I remember watching hard knocks. Remember watching Hard Knocks, and they're like, "Oh, he's got great hands." They were just talking up his hands, and then we never saw him again. It's like he, he had one had cameo in that entire show, <laughs> and he hit his face. So, uh, <laughs> I yeah. But when you're looking at uh, him carrying the ball, 242 carries. You you certainly like that. Uh, 1150 rushing yards. Travis, really nice. 5.0 yards per touch. Um. I, I really like Josh Jacob, Josh Jacobs. I think that them going to Vegas is only going to fuel him a little bit more than that. They've got some really great weapons now, which should open up the run game a little bit more. Uh, I really like Josh Jacobs, and I think that you know this is one of the best case scenarios. He he went in the first round, so a lot of the people who are wondering about Ceh, oh, like you know, I'm hearing all this Damian Williams talk, and is this a, like? Josh Jacobs went in the first round, and we saw the pedigree. He got 242 carries. I'm not saying CEH will get that, but you can get a pretty good equivalent um, of of CEH and and Jonathan Taylor down the road, I think, too, as well. Yeah, I think, look, Josh Jacobs is, is, is probably being drafted right where he should. He's the one surefire guy from last year that you can put your hat on and go, yeah, we know Gruden's gonna run. We know that's what he wants to do. We know Jacobs is the cog to that piece, uh, that that machine. So I think that, you know, you're confident in Josh Jacobs. Nine He's goal maybe, line carries. Nine yeah, goal line look, carries, dude. And you don't yeah. think they're gonna be in the in the red zone a little bit? How more? many of those did he how many of those did he convert? Seven yeah. touchdowns. So uh, so he had converted seven, seven out of nine there. Pretty so good. I think the, the the yeah that's pretty good. They and don't I think bring there, in another running back that's gonna. There's probably room to grow there. Yeah, they didn't bring anybody in. I think there's a there's a nice don't situation be, do here. Not be surprised if you see Josh Jacobs go over ten uh, rushing touchdowns this year. Be confident in Josh Jacobs. If you didn't have him last year, you don't know about him. He's 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 the guy. All right, moving on to my favorite running back prospect from last year, coming out of Penn State. That was you, Miles Sanders. We don't like to do this very often with Nation, and God knows that I am definitely not a person who normally does this, but Travis absolutely nailed this pick. He nailed everything about Miles Sanders, even to the point of where he was exactly when Miles Sanders was going to come in and actually produce for your fantasy team and lead you to the fantasy playoffs. If Man, believed in. If I remember posting the Akon video where I was just looking at Miles Sanders and it was like, nobody wants to see us together, <laughs> but it don't matter. No. <laughs> and that's it, dude. Nobody wanted to see it. Nobody wanted to believe it. But Miles Sanders, he, he showed up and showed out Philly. Look, I know I understand what comes with Philadelphia with Doug Peterson. Like he's going to use a lot of running backs and they, they, even did it last year. They had Jordan Howard in there. But, man, was Miles Sanders electric or what with the ball in his hands? He got some things done, right, Johnny? Mm-hmm. Oh, 179 carries, 63 targets. Like, I understand they use multiple running backs, but everybody, okay, we all need to realize this, okay? The NFL is going this way. The NFL is not going to a run one running back system. It analytics are showing that it is better to get multiple running backs involved. And listen, we don't need to freak out. We don't need to freak out. Why? Because these players We don't are, need to freak out. Everyone's losing their minds and I don't <laughs> understand it, okay? Look at what the touches are what they're doing with the touches and the number of touches that they're getting. As long as they're getting in the teens per game, you are fine. You can relax a little bit. All right. You look at what he did last year, 179 carries for uh, only 818 rushing yards. Not a lot of rushing yards, but let's remember he came in later on in the season. Receiving yards, very nice. 509 receiving yards. That was good for seventh at the running back position. He had 50 receptions. That's going to go up. 
that's going to go up this year. Uh, he should get more goal line work unless they do bring yeah. in Carlos Hyde. Then it's uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, obviously, you need to monitor situation. that. He did have six goal line carries last year uh, for for Sanders. So you do like that. He is getting some goal line work. Um, overall, people should not be panicking on these running backs in general. But Miles Sanders looks to be a very, very nice running back. Even if they do go and get Carlos Hyde. Hey, and here's a secret whisper. Hey, whispers. Hey, here's a whispers, dude. Uh, make sure if they go out and get Carlos Hyde, go ahead and go and try to trade for Miles Sanders, please, because people will be afraid of that and they will be turned away from Carlos Hyde going to Philadelphia. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Just like the next, well, honestly, we're going to talk let, about. Let, yeah, You'll let see. his let his ADP drop a little bit when that happens. That's what we need. Right now, he's sitting at three hundred one. Okay, he's the, the running backs around him: Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Devin Singletary, Austin Eckler. First of all, Eckler's still being disrespected right now. Like always, Eckler, always. That that's kind of wild to me. But Miles Sanders is a guy that's you know, look, I'll take him. I'll take him over Le'Veon Bell. I'll probably take him over Devin Singletary. Um, and I just think that they're th- – look, you could do a lot worse than Miles Sanders in the third round. I think a if he's a lot right worse. There, yeah, so I think he's got a huge, huge potential there. All right, speaking of Devin Singletary, that's who we're talking about next, Johnny's I'm boy. About to get heated on this Devin one. Motor Singletary. Look, I think Johnny is going to make a perfect case for Devin Singletary. He is talented. He did a lot of good work last year. He did it on very limited uh, snaps and touches. Oh, what are you? Uh, are you Eminem now? Are you just gonna like tell Whisper Nation what everything my, yeah, they everything know about before you? Before yeah. I get on the mic, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Um, and Frank Gore is gone. But I just need to preface all this by saying they drafted Zach Moss. Zach Moss was a talented guy in college. We will see how that all works out. But Johnny here is going to make the you know point that we, he made last time with Miles Sanders. It doesn't really matter, like if they're getting enough touches and they're efficient and they're very good at what they do. And I think Singletary is a case for that, right, Johnny? Absolutely. People again, once again, people freak out because they say, "Oh, this guy is not a bell cow running back." We bell cows are unicorns. They don't really exist. I mean, even Ezekiel Elliott, who is a phenomenal runner, he still gets spelled by Tony Pollard, which is not that great. I mean, he's a decent running back, but he, but no one worries about that. We don't freak out. Why? Because we know that there's no impeding on the overall outcome, right? You don't need to get these guys 35 touches anymore like you used to have to in order to be fantasy, fantasy relevant. These guys can do it, which much less. All right, let's get to the point here because Zach Moss uh, comes in and a lot of people are on Zach Moss. Like they, there are two sides. You either love him or you hate him. There's no in between. Like there's no like, oh, whatever. Listen, we already know and people are downgrading Singletary so much. He is, he is becoming such a bargain and such a value now because everyone is so scared off because of Zach Moss. Listen. We know Zach Moss is going to come in and take the Frank Gore role. That's not a surprise. Frank Gore got 10 carries a game. Whoop-de-doo. Frank <laughs> Gore gets the goal line. Okay, I get it. Yes, give Zach Moss the goal line and go ahead. Give Zach Moss okay, 10 carries a game. I just have a question, though. I just have a question. You give a guy 10 carries, but then he's really ripping off some badass runs. Are you not going to give him more than 10 carries? You can give him a couple more carries for sure. I'm not saying that they are going to just c- completely say that at that point, they would stop at 10 carries. Yeah, really I, I think I, I think I agree with you. And I think what the thing is, is Buffalo's about to be, in my mind, from what I can look at in Buffalo, they're about to be one of those better teams in that division in the AFC, too, I think, based on their defense, based on their running game and based on Josh Allen. And so I think if that's the case, you're going to start seeing a rushing pie that becomes more valuable, that you want more pieces of. Think of Baltimore last year or uh, New England a couple years ago, when they're rushing in, su- in such a high volume, you want pieces. And it doesn't matter if you have the Rex Burkhead or the James White. Right, you've got yeah. a piece of that backfield, exactly. right? So you've many- got, you can have Zach Moss. Zach Moss can succeed and Devin Singletary exactly. can succeed. And I think, think that's the point. Here's the thing. Do you think people two years ago who had Sony Michelle and also had James White, you know, owners, 
You think mm. either one of them were disappointed? No, because they were both well, only when a, Sony Michelle got hurt. But well, yes. yeah, but I'm saying yeah, like, exactly they were both producing as RB twos and with high upside RB ones on a given week, depending on the workload. That's exactly how this is going to be. You even Love look it. at what Singletary had last year: sixty nine percent of the snap share. Like sixty nine, nice, nice. So. <laughs> Um, you know, his rushing yards were a little low, 775, uh, his receiving yards, 194, 29 receptions, which was a little low for me, uh, which is a little surprising, um, considering Singletary was like the pass catching back, uh, or we thought so anyway. Um, so the touchdowns aren't going to be there for Singletary. He only had four last year. I don't expect that to go up majorly. If at all, he might get six, um, but he might stay the same. But we do know that Singletary was uh, RB31. I believe he finished exactly RB31 last year, but he did miss some games. Singletary is an RB2, even with Zach Moss there, even with Zach Moss pushing, and Zach Moss is pretty talented. I'll admit that. Um, but don't don't get don't get way off on on Singletary. He only had one goal line carry last year. That's not going to change. The situation didn't change. That much for for the Singletary. Look, I, I think you you made a great point. I hope Whisper Nation really takes that home on Devin Singletary. Do not be scared off by Zach Moss, but also don't just forget about Zach Moss right. either. Yes. We talked about that on on the last show. Yeah. All right. Uh, last guy we're really going to dive deep into here is David Montgomery. Johnny David Montgomery was a guy that uh, people were really excited about last year, and he just didn't didn't exactly live up to the to the hype. But he had some good games down the stretch, and he and he did have. He gave you a little bit of hope, right? I, I feel like if if Nagy can commit to David Montgomery as the guy, you know, you're looking at a really solid, uh, really solid situation here. Nick Foles comes in. Nagy should be able to do a lot of his magic here with this offense. What are you thinking, though? Can you trust Nagy? Can you trust this offense? And can you trust David Montgomery? I am loving David Montgomery. I am coming around on him so much. Uh, I think that he is going to be a guy that I'm going to roster on a lot of my fantasy rosters uh, because he is, they didn't draft another running back. They still only have Tyreek Cohen and David Montgomery as the main two guys, right? Um, his snap share, 57.9%. Uh, I do expect that to go up a little bit more this next year. But you're looking at the carries, 242 carries. He had 35 targets, pretty healthy amount of, of carries and targets. Uh, and I, again, I do expect those things to go up. 889 uh, rushing yards, a little bit low for the amount uh, that he was carrying the ball. But Travis, 11 goal line carries last year. Uh, this guy is going to continue to get the ball. I think they're going to be more efficient. They're going to be in a better opportunity to score the ball this year because of BDN. Uh, Nick Foles coming into the picture. I really hope he gets the starting job. Uh, listen, Trubisky, wonderful story, all this stuff. I would hope that <laughs> hey i hope it works out trubisky for wonderful story all this hey, stuff i don't care yeah, I don't nick care. Foles, baby yeah big dick go. nick let's go let's go <laughs> let's put him in and let's get this rolling let's get it started and it starts uh, with yeah. getting david i mean we know we know what nick Foles likes to do with the dump offs right like yeah for Fournette. so this is a guy to me who is in enormous steal right now. Fantasy hasn't come around. I think they will start to come around uh, once the death kind of starts to settle a little bit more. And I think that that this this guy's going to be going probably in the third round come come September and draft uh, redraft leagues. Yeah, I mean he's, he's in the fourth right now, um, so he's like and the end of the fourth. So I, I do think he will probably sneak up to the third. You look at the running backs near him: Marlon Mack and Carryon Johnson. Both had. Uh, usurpers drafted mm-hmm. um, Kenyon Drake's there, but like Kenyon Drake and Montgomery belong to shoot up. Uh, they both are bound to shoot up draft boards. If we're being quite honest uh, about how the rest of this off is going to go. So I think, but Montgomery could be put right there. I think the upsides obviously, you know, leans towards Drake, but that's for another show. I think obviously um, Montgomery has the upside. I think it's just about shaking off if you were burnt. And that that happens every year, right? You're you get a little burned by a guy. You don't want to go touch him. You touch the stove already, it hurts you. You don't want to go back. I understand, but like you need to crunch the numbers, listen to us, and uh we'll take a look at these guys for you. 
I did want to give a couple honorable mentions. We had these guys slated to talk about, but I do want to just bring them up quickly. Damian Harris of the New England Patriots, who literally barely saw the field, uh, and Daryl Henderson of the Los Angeles Rams. Johnny, these two guys were exciting coming out of college. They were drafted with some high capital last year, but now we watch these teams both draft other guys and use other guys in their in their lineup. So speak to me a little bit about what Whisper Nation can do to keep these guys on their radar. Yeah, I mean, Damian Harris, a little bit of a, a surprise that he hasn't made the field or made a little bit more of an impact. You know, you have Rex Burkhead. I mean, New England's backfield is super, super crowded. So I don't know if there's going to be uh, without, you know, there's going to take some injuries that would need to take place. Uh, but Damian Harris, maybe in a dynasty league, I would I would pick him up for next year, um, considering that Sony, this could be his last year uh, with New England. Is that correct? That this is his fourth year. May, it could be his third. Um, I think it's his third. Yeah, it's his third. OK, so they still have another year. <coughs> well, excuse me. I'll edit, I'll edit that out. You got the uh, Rona. Got the Rona, dude. No, I don't have the Rona. Um <laughs> But Damian Harris is is a guy that I don't understand why he doesn't see the field. He he was very, very electric. A lot of people were thinking that he was the better running back over Josh Jacobs last year or or that at least they were very, very similar in athleticism. And so for me, Damian Harris is just a guy that I'm just keeping in the back of my mind, you know, just. Yeah, they're just definitely remember. they're like interesting fades. You yeah, know, you're not you're not. Netflix, but if they're there, you know, you got. Listen, we talk about in our mock drafts, if you're going to not take a kicker or a defense at the end of your draft, right, you're going to not take that because you want to see how things play out. These are the guys between Damian Harris and Daryl Henderson, guys you maybe stash at the very end of your draft to go, hey, maybe something could pan out here. Maybe there's an injury or a a weird depth chart situation. I think with Damian Harris, it is a little – or sorry, not Damian Harris, but um, it it is a little bit of a a uh, different – storyline with Daryl Henderson because Daryl Henderson I think has the uh easier path to being a starting running back for LA Cam for Akers, sure there is some question mark you know some people in our industry want to uh keep pushing the Daryl Henderson uh bandwagon and I'm not on that I am off of it listen I am completely on Cam Akers I think Cam Akers is going to be the guy but some people do believe in Daryl Henderson still uh, I mean, barely touched the ball last year. 39 carries, uh, 147 yards. He had 37 uh, rec- receiving yards. Um, so, I mean, not a lot of production there, Travis. Uh, you know, nothing. Supposed that to be really... this great zone scheme runner because he was in college and he didn't pick up the zone scheme very well for Sean McVay. But another year, maybe. Uh, puts him in that position and maybe they move Henderson to a satellite scat back sort of situation because Cam Akers wasn't the first option always in college as the receiver. Uh, He did have some, some usage there. So just keep, I would say, yeah, I would say you're right, Johnny. I think maybe Henderson jumps up above Damian Harris as somebody that you'd be interested, more interested in as a pure handcuff. Yeah. But uh, keep him in your mind there. But Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think. Like, who is your favorite sophomore running back or quarterback that we've talked about or maybe maybe didn't talk about that you're really amped on? Let us know in the comments uh, on our YouTube page. Let us know in the DMs of our uh, social media pages. As always, I am Big Travi. That is Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we are the Fantasy Whispers, and we are out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.